0: episode of The Doctor A the podcast. My name is David, and I'm here with
1: Noah.
0: Hello. Today we're going to talk about the final episode of The Pirate Planet.
1: Yes, we see the Doctor fall off the plank, yell to his death, and they're laughing, and then they're walking down the stairs and laughing, laughing, and they stop laughing, but we hear someone else. And the doctor's laughing and says "Hello," and he's got a, the little device that he took with him from the um, the time damn room and it's a little projector that um, he says you know an image that might almost be real um, and you can just switch it off like I could with another apparently real person and he aims it at the nurse and she kind of superimposes back and forth a little bit but um, and he's surprised that it hasn't just turned her image off and she says um, my new body is um, nearly complete it can no longer just be switched off and then she tells the guard seize him and they go to move and then they stop themselves and look back to the captain and he says do as she says The mentiads are uh, with Romana and Mula, and they are at the doorway to the bridge. Guards have followed them and start firing on them, so the mentiads cause a rock slide to get to knock the guards out. The um, crystals are complete, and uh, they're having Mr. Fibuli place them into the machine. The mentiads are affected by the jamming device and are powerless. There's a guard that has escaped the rock slide and is shooting at them. One of the mentiads gets shot and falls. So Romana runs to one of the fallen guards, grabs a gun, and shoots the remaining guard so they're able to head inside. So, the nurse has been exposed now as the Queen Xanxia, the evil Queen Xanxia. Um, she talks about this uh, cell projection system that um, is almost complete. But the doctor says, Oh, but it's still unstable. And you still depend on that old body. she says, I know, regenerations they just don't work like that. She says, I'm an old hand at regeneration, I can tell you. <laughs> she says, No, I will live forever. And he, I forget what he says to her but something makes her unhappy so she smacks the doctor again I to maybe further explain <laughs> the the lip wound um, and then she can she uses a button on her little waist uh. her, little, her belt that um, hits the button and the captain and gets up, and is going to blast the doctor, but the doctor says, no, 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 and, and, um, so, she's delayed, and she, and he argues further with the queen, that, um, she goes. oh, um, sorry I lost myself, um, she says, "You know her, her calculations are are perfect. She's got all the energy she needs to know your calculations are wrong, and it's not going to work because it's based on a false premise. So the captain she, can, um, she's, she hits a button again, um, and the uh, captain Six like he's deactivated. And the doctor says, oh, so that's how you control him. She asks Miss Fiboli for a report on the next mineral that they need, which is quartz. And he says, oh, yes, we're, and he tells the doctor, yes, we're, we're going to mine this next planet called Terra. He says, Earth? You can't mine Earth. And he says, yes, we'll mine it immediately. Let's prepare. And they get the three of them... Uh, the doctor, uh, the captain, the nurse, and um, Mr. Fibuli are setting up their preparations for jumping to the next planet. Um, as the doctor is interrupting their process while they're busy, he, he steps back, hits the button for the door to open to the bridge, and um, Mr. Fibuli looks and notices, oh, the door's, oh, don't, mi- don't mind it, I'll close it, and the doctor scoots out, he says, Well the engine room's still sealed so he can't do any damage. doctor then runs into Romana and the Mentiads and Mula and it, he says, uh, had had he seen have they seen K nine and Kimas? He had sent them onto the engine room. So they find find them. Find K nine. He has run down his batteries. And they can't seem to get in the, the engine room. The doctor tells K-9 he wants them to set up a interference for the jamming machine so the mentiads would be able to be at their full power again. <coughs> uh, K-9 needs to be hooked up to a power cable first, so they do that. And then the buzzing starts to clear for the mentiads and they're starting to regain their powers. Um, Romana reminds the doctor of what happened when they tried to land on califrax, the interference because they were both trying to materialize at the same time and since they can't get into the engine room maybe they need to go do that so the doctor and Ramana are going to head off to the TARDIS while K9 is recharging and also trying to jam the frequency the doctor goes to Prelix and asks him to read his mind and he concentrates on something and Prelix relates it and Ramana's confused and as they're leaving the doctor says to Prelix to keep focusing on his mind Ramana asks what he was thinking of he says a bent fork Says why would anyone want to bend a fork the doctor and Ramana are followed by two guards down the inertial tunnel and they get off first um, and the doctor stops to what Talked with, with Romana about the, the uh, law of inertia and the, the principles in this machine. He says, I don't think anyone should mess with that, do you? She goes, no. So he disables the controls and the guards who are following them zip out of the tunnel and get bashed against the wall and, and drop unconscious. Um, Mr. Fibuli tells uh, that there's a jamming machine Jamming their frequency—that is, jamming the mentiads from being telepathic—and the captain said orders the, over the radio the guards to destroy this jamming device. It's like, do you think the guards anyone even knows what a device would look like? Okay, correction: destroy everything. The so Doctor and Romana go to the uh, use it the air car to get to the TARDIS. Uh, Chemis is on guard Prelix is still concentrating and doesn't want to be interrupted the doctor and Romana set the controls Uh, meanwhile on the bridge Zanxia is impatient and she wants them to jump, jump now so Captain and Mr. Fibuli are setting their controls and they count down and they're going to dematerialize now Well, there's there's a warping of the oscilloscope and some other little disturbance and then there's a full disturbance of the craft shaking and the bridge shaking and the TARDIS is, um, is shimmering and, and under great stress the doctor tells Romana to hold on and he tries to link to Prelix and the menteads. Um Prelix can't hear him receive him very well so the mentiads others help him the doctor then tells Ramana to switch off the force field and she says oh the TARDIS will be broken to bits and he says yeah just do it so the doctor then asks the mentiads if they can open the door yet he said no there's too weak to open the door they couldn't lift more than a spanner so he says that's it project your mind beyond the door and we see the split screen of a image of the doctor and of the mentiads inside the engine room and the doctor visualizes the engine room and a spanner on the floor and they lift it and he tells them which piece of equipment to bash with it and they do. And the engine room machinery explodes the Doctor and Romana have thrown to the ground, but the TARDIS is stabilized. They survived, and they rematerialize the TARDIS in the room where the old Queen Zangzia's body is. On the bridge, there's similar destruction and people lying around. The captain gets up and sees that Mr. Fibuli is dead, and he avenges... He, he swears vengeance for his friend who he said he was going to kill every time we saw him but the queen is up and spouting orders and yelling at the captain the doctor shows Romana the trophy room of the remains of the planets and tells of this, this feat of gravitational geometry that he has and that maybe they can use the captain's plan Mentiads are getting stronger. The Doctor talks about the Captain's plan was to use the power from the remains of these planets to get into the force field of the time dams, set up a vortex where time could start up again at the normal speed. Old Queen dies, and the Captain is free. But the Doctor says how this his system was not going to work, Um, but he had an idea of how to do this, Um, and what if he did something immensely clever? They talk about the trophies and, and such, and how the captain's plan wasn't... Wasn't going to work completely because Califrax was not a regular planet, and the doctor mentions it, something about the planet, and he says, "It's the second segment." So he pulls the tray, they find the tracer and pull it out and look, and it's reacting strongly to the remains of Califrax. that's in the, it's a trophy, in the case. Back on the bridge, the doctor enters to see. Uh, The captain has finished some electronic circuits he was working on. And he's going to use this device he was working on to kill the queen. But she smashes the electric pack she has on her belt. And the captain's mechanical parts explode on him. And he falls over. She picks up a weapon from one of the guards and threatens the doctor and Romana as they've entered. Bridge door opens. Chemis and the others are coming in. Chemis has a weapon and he shoots sanksia and she disappears. Uh, the doctor tells no one else to come in. Talks to Ramana. Tells her to get grab K9 and lead the others outside. Um, and she tries, goes to argue, and he, argue with him and he says no, please go so they, she leaves the doctor then goes to the captain who remains and looks at his devices and says let's, let's see what you've got here and he starts fiddling doctor heads back to the TARDIS and um, tells Romana that um, he's linked up the controls from the captain's bridge to the TARDIS, so he can control everything from there. He says he plans to dematerialize the TARDIS, dematerialize Zanuck, briefly. Cancel the fields, the gravitational fields of the captain's trophies, drop them into the Hollow interior of the planet. The mass will expand to fill the hole. Califracts, being not a full, not a real planetary matter, will be flung off into the time vortex, and I'll pick it up later. Um, and then, so when Romana asked, Well, what about, you know, how does this help us? And what about the bridge? He says, Well, we're going to blow it up. I says, It's kind of crude but immensely satisfying so they bring a dynamite and a, whatever the box is called with the plunger I forget what it's called the box to detonate the dynamite I, I it sure it has a name but but I thought it did a little t-bar that you push down and hit this thing so um, the doctor sets this up and he says now the real question is am I going to push that handle or are you And Pralix says, we'll do it. The Mentiads push the handle down with the power of their minds. And um, the bridge explodes, and in the glow of the explosion, the Doctor and Ramana kind of take their leave. And we end
0: one of the goofiest ways out of the cliffhanger.
1: To blow up the bridge?
0: No. Oh. no, no, no. The, the doctor was a hologram of himself apparently.
1: Oh, that part. Now when they turned around laughing, I remembered oh yeah, the doctor joins in, the laughter, and then they stop. Like, hey, wait a minute.
0: <laughs> because at what point does he become the hologram? did they escort the hologram back to the bridge then?
1: Mhm. I think it was when he picks up the little machine that he found near the uh, the time dams. That's how I've always taken it. He yeah. picks up this machine and there is some scene between I think before he re-enters the, the bridge. And he would have used it mm.
0: I'll have to rewatch that segment <laughs> pun not intended <laughs> I still find it a goofy goofy way out still very in keeping with uh Douglas Adams style though.
1: Yeah. Well, I was just reading back on what notes I had taken. The um yeah, the doctor picks up the device and outs he's he's locked the door to the the trophy room and Zanxia is saying, Well pry open the door. Get him out of there So he's got the time From when he sends Kemis and K9 down to the engine room where he's got this device. And that's, I think, where we pick up with the projection. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I wonder if it would be more clear in the movie version of the story. Maybe that's why it doesn't seem difficult to figure out when he did it to me, because that's how I saw them. Maybe.
0: It's a thought. Yeah.
1: Um, I think there were a couple things made me laugh or um the doctor has such a a casual relationship with Mr. Fibuli He just, you know, starts talking about this or that generator or this um circuitry. You know, very, te- these technical conversations. And uh, the fibulae just doesn't even. He is oblivious to who he is. Yes. He just starts talking about this or that and then realizes that it's a doctor and that maybe he shouldn't be <laughs> saying, or more likely, somebody else notices and sees him or something, you know, to get him away from Mr. Fibulae. But they have this kind of easy relationship almost.
0: You mm-hmm. know? Well, it's like uh, when the doctor started opening that door and yeah. Mr. Fibulae notices after a while.
1: Yeah. Oh, the door.
0: Oh, I'll get that. <laughs> and Mr. Fibuli turns around and walks away. He starts to
1: work again. It's like, oh, hey, wait. <laughs> <laughs> that cracks me up. And then the bent fork.
0: That whole part is so it really, dated now.
1: Yeah, really wasn't. That was really fillery, but.
0: Mm. Well, and it, I don't understand the purpose of it outside of making a joke about Yuri Geller, whom nobody remembers if you didn't grow up in the 70s. Yeah.
1: Well, I, I don't think it just has to be that. I think that's become one of the. Images of psychic powers or psychic kinetic powers. Being Maybe able to bend I don't know that it is
0: anymore, is my point.
1: Well, they've used it very them.
0: specific to the 70s.
1: Yeah, one of the secrets of magic shows we were watching yeah. just recently they had one of the magic tricks was, tricks was showing a fork bending.
0: Mm, that's true, it
1: was really an illusion of sleight of hand, but yes. um so I think you can still
0: all it. I was, too, Plain. although he won't admit it. But that's a discussion for <laughs> another... Is he for, another alive? For, for a different time. I think he is, actually, oh. yeah. I don't think he's passed away yet.
1: And then there's some name-dropping with the doctor. And uh, when he talks about Grant, when they're flying the air car down, and he makes mention of good old Isaac. Yeah discover gravity and uh, Romanus is something and uh, I'm sure you, you taught him gravity he's just,
0: um, oh he's, no he's, she says who was he Oh, and he makes some comment about scientist or and he, she's discovered gravity well not exactly he climbed up the tree and lobbed apples yeah. at him
1: Threw an apple on his head. And oh
0: and, and and so he discovered gravity, she said. He said, No. I discuss or I taught him all about it later at dinner. Yeah, he told
1: me to clear off out of his tree. Yeah. <laughs> That's the part I liked. He told me to clear off out of his tree. I explained it to him later. I, I you just expect the name dropping kind yes. of you know, the and I'm okay historical those. references. Yeah. It's that little bit that that little twist that makes this one funnier. He told me to get out of his tree. I explained it later.
0: <laughs> well and I think that's the hallmark of those little bits in the Tom Baker era. Yeah. Is he always gives them that funny little twist. Right. Well the either the writers do or he does. I don't know who does it. But it's more prominent, I think. During his time than any other doctor,
1: mm-hmm. I think the others, uh, when we've heard it, has been maybe more uh, somewhat third doctor, mm-hmm. but it was more in a pretentious way. Yes, that he wouldn't have had the clear off out of his tree. It would have been, you know, yes, that he did teach him all about it or whatever.
0: It would know, have been that the doctor was, was throwing stupid. apples at him because Newton had come to steal his apples or something stupid like that. Yeah where the doctor was the one being put upon
1: yeah would not have had the the comic turn yes There's really not much question about what the second segment was, I don't think. We mentioned that last time, <clears throat> that we should have been able to figure it out since it was the tracer was going crazy when they were in the mines on the ground of the mines, which was cold and wet and icy, which was the description of Cailloufrax, so that the segment was going to have to be Cailloufrax. Yes. The remains of califax but if you weren't quite paying attention to that yeah. you might not have been really surprised shocked surprised but you know there's a little bit of an element oh yeah of course it was this and it had to be this um, but once you see the remains of the, the trophy planets you really should have an idea of it one of them's going to be that, and it's more likely a question of well, how is he going to get these, get it out of this stasis. You
0: know? Yes.
1: What do you think of all the undoing of the gravitational geometry that the doctor talks about in the captain's plan? And
0: well, it was the obvious out. He talks about how precarious the whole thing is. And any time you hear the word precarious in a show, you know that usually means it's going to come undone. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So that had to be the only way out. The fact that one of those things was the segment that he's after complicates things, but like any other time, they just gloss over Mm -hmm. it. Oh, it'll survive and it'll pop out and we'll just pick it up later. Which is probably as much explanation as it needs, but it seems a little convenient to me. But I guess it's the segment, so it's got to survive.
1: Yeah, it's survived so long already.
0: I don't know. Like I said, it was the obvious way out. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. At least I have to say it. We did, He did not say he was going to reverse the polarity <laughs> of the gravitational fields or something like that. Maybe he did, but that's not how he said it. Yeah. Thank God.
0: Uh oh. <laughs> I think it would be funny if he did, though. At some I will point. Say.
1: I wonder, does he?
0: I don't think so, you know? but it would be funny.
1: Yeah. I'll we'll have to stay alert for that. See if we hear that. It's gonna stand out if he if he says it. Yes. If any of them say it. So I'll be I'll be listening for that. For everybody. Um, I I think that's. We definitely see a change in Zancia. Once she's revealed, mm-hmm. you know, it's like no sense for her to hide in the guise of his nurse anymore. She's just, you know, sitting in the captain's chair—no pun intended. It she was his almost chair. Almost literally was. Yeah, she's lounging in the chair, very casual. As they're working around her now, you know, that it was that one point where she tells the guards to do something, and they stop themselves. And the captain says, "Do as she says." I think is right then.
0: Or is the captain made to say, "Do as she"?
1: Well, yeah, he is. And then we see later how she's even—it's even clearer that she's controlling. Yes. What he's saying, but at that point.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure that it's clear that he—that she controls everything he does, though.
1: No, not everything, but she can control his mechanical side. Yes that's and what I was going to point out yeah. I
0: think it's mostly just his mechanical side Yeah. because he pulls that knife and the, me- the mechanical hand comes down and knocks it out of his real hand
1: yeah I forget whatever it was I think it was a
0: knife of some kind but
1: that he was going to attack her with he, right and then her her control is for the mechanical part of him and it stops his other arm his natural arm from attacking knocks it out and whatever it does and he just sits there after that before she smashes his controller and does away with him but but you can see in just the stance and the attitude and the um, that unspoken characterization in this episode once she's revealed mm-hmm. I think I find it pretty funny when the doctor is goading her and saying you know how boy you calculate but they're just wrong <laughs> and he's very happy to point out that her ideas of being able to live forever and regenerate herself this way are based on a faulty premise And that's what really upsets her (laughs) because she knows this might be true. Um, I like that. I'm an old hand at Regenerations. (laughs) That's not how it's done.
0: (laughs) My favorite bit is when he uh, turns off the inertial
1: yeah, Whatever. I, I forgot what they called it already. But yeah, I don't think we should mess with the principles of inertia, do you? No.
0: And yet he does.
1: So, <laughs> just disconnects it or does sabotages the control, and they just keep going right, right out, you know, mm-hmm. zoom, and just bash into the wall and fall down. It's so funny. And they did it really well. Mm-hmm. For knowing they're going to have to run off of that, you know, out of that opening or whatever and run into the wall, I think the actors did a really good job. Either that or. I don't know. Maybe they didn't quite tell them. Who knows?
0: Well, no, because it had to have been two separate oh, sessions, right? Because yeah. the tunnel itself was CG. Mm-hmm. Or, or CSO, excuse me.
1: Yeah. I had to exit that doorway and be seen running kind of running across, I guess, to hit the wall. <laughs> Makes me think of the, the Drew Carey episode, one of the first ones we saw, where he glues her phone, yeah. Mimi's phone, together. Yep. And she bonks herself in the head with it. You just got to wonder, did she not know?
0: I'm sure she knew. She, I think she just was so good at it.
1: But yeah, it, but yeah, she was so good at it that you didn't think that she knew that it was glued together, and she was just really bonking herself in the head because there was no flinching that we could see anyway. No. So they, they did really well bashing into the wall and then falling over. Does it remind you of a certain treadmill? <laughs> <laughs> A and bit. a college friend. Yes. <laughs> That's what I also thought of. <laughs> Even though I wasn't there to see it, I can
0: picture uh, it. Anyway. Yeah. Anything else?
1: Um, not especially. No. And. What do, you, do you like the story of the holes? Is it,
0: is it? Yeah, oh, I I, I do one. like it, but I find the the captain in particular to be a little too over the top. And it's very typical Douglas Adams writing in a lot of ways. And like I said last episode, I think there's too much... Correspondence between this story and Hitchhiker's Guide. Mm-hmm. Just like when we get Shada, I'll probably say the same thing about certain aspects of Shada to Dirk Gently.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <clears throat> but for the most part, I do like it. I think the, the humor's mostly pretty good. And I think it's an interesting growth in the relationship between Romana and the Doctor. Mm-hmm. Especially knowing now that it was originally written for Leela.
1: Yeah. But yeah, I think that there is a a real development there. <clears throat> and, um, I think you can also see it, um, oh, well, when the TARDIS is uh, shaking apart and the, he tells her to switch off the the force field so that he can communicate with the mentiads. She goes, "Well, nice knowing you," or,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and she goes, "And you," <laughs> you know. And then later on, when he is uh, planning to take up some of the captain's work and. Deal with the bridge area and the, the planets and the segment and everything, and he sends her away. You know, it's like it's it could be a dangerous thing that he's going to do, and so he tells her to get the rest of them out and take K Nine to the TARDIS. And sh- before she even really argues with him very much, she's in a kind of a emotional way, "No, please go," because you know he doesn't want her to be hurt. I think mm-hmm. so, and she she does. And then there's, of course, the, when he gets back, he says, I have something that's, um, stupendous, fantastic. Not just quite clever, like she first started to say. She goes, Okay, all right, fantastic then, <laughs> that you know rigged everything up this way. So there's the, like the surface of their relationship, and then we know that there's more than that. think there was a lot that to drag in the in the story each episode had a little bit of you know filler one or two bits that were just maybe a little bit too long mm-hmm. but not the like whole half an episode like some of our other stories have been right um where you could really condense it down to only three parts instead of the four you know i i don't know that we could do that necessarily so I think it fit well in the four mm-hmm. that we had. Yeah, I do it's, too. It's been a long time since we, I think we've been able to say that.
0: There are still bits that were probably filler, yeah. uh, filler-ish anyway.
1: But cutting them down maybe it would have saved... It wouldn't like have
0: saved a lot. Half an episode. Maybe. So
1: you really couldn't have made it three.
0: Yeah. I think you kind of have to have a little filler just... To make yeah. up the length of the episode, of nothing else.
1: Yeah, I like to rest a beat. Mm, you know? Yeah. Sometimes just in between things or in between groups of people. Um, and just a little bit to um, some of the things that really explore their relationship between Ramon and the Doctor are kind of fillery, but they're kind of not, you know? You mm-hmm. could not have them and not affect the action so much. But it's a little bit of a rest, a little bit of development.
0: It's serving a different purpose. Yeah.
1: Not direct plot advancement, but um, character building. Mm -hmm. Some of that's just going to be slower. But overall, pretty good. There's, There's a quirkiness to a lot of the things. In the story, but they but they go together well. Yeah, there's the over-the-top captain, but then there's this, you know, the psychic mint he ads, kind of an odd combination. Yeah. Uh, and he's good with odd combinations. I think it works really based on that kind of. <laughs>
0: oh, you mean uh, Douglas, uh, Douglas Adams. Adams?
1: Yeah. And you could kind of see that so. but I like it because I like the key to time one.
0: Oh, I know
1: <laughs> my least favorite key to time one though is near the end I have to say I like uh, one through four and six is okay but six is the end so it's like it's, it's kind of mixed feelings Hmm. I've watched the other five, probably more than the sixth one. So we're a third of the way.
0: We are. Anything else? Nope. All right. So next is the Stones of Blood.
1: It's a more threatening title. You can put more it menace is until you see him. Well, you can put more menace in the title. Yeah stones of blood
0: not until uh not once you've seen them
1: well maybe not but
0: or once you've seen what happens
1: what that hasn't stopped us before
0: (laughs) Uh, i suppose all right so that's what we'll talk about tomorrow so join us then and thank you for listening